Welcome to the April 27th, 2023 episode of Blood Podcast, your source for innovative ideas and cutting-edge information. Our topics are based on articles published in Blood, a journal of the American Society of Hematology. Today, we'll discuss the newly revised International Working Group Response Criteria for Patients with Higher-Risk MDS. Learn more about the utility of machine learning in the differential diagnosis of bone marrow failure. And discuss whether patients with the Asian type DEL allele, who type as serologic RHD negative, can be safely transfused with RHD positive blood. We first examine data in the blood article entitled Consensus Proposal for Revised International Working Group Response Criteria for Higher Risk Myelodysplastic Syndromes by Amr Zaydan from Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut, and colleagues. Myelodysplastic syndromes, or MDS, are a clinically diverse group of hematopoietic malignancies with varied clinical presentations and outcomes. Therefore, a personalized approach to treatment and evaluation of response is critical to therapeutic success. Patients with MDS are typically grouped into either the lower or higher risk groups using validated risk stratification tools, including the International Prognostic Scoring System, or IPSS, its revised version, known as IPSSR, or, most recently, the Molecular IPSS, or IPSSM. The evaluation of response in MDS patients has also continued to evolve. The original criteria, drafted in 2000 by the International Working Group, were revised in 2006 and became the standard for response assessment. A revision in 2018 focused on hematologic improvement for lower-risk MDS, but modified criteria from 2006 continued to be used. Recently, the oncology community has expressed concerns over the utility of 2006 criteria in higher-risk MDS, their ability to fully capture the clinical benefits of investigational drugs, and their applicability as surrogate measures for clinical endpoints, such as overall survival. Moreover, experts pointed to issues related to ambiguity and practicality of some criteria that lead to variability in interpretation and inter-observer inconsistency in reporting results from the same datasets. Therefore, the authors convened an international panel of MDS experts with the goal of developing updated consensus recommendations for response assessment that take into account patient-centered and clinically relevant outcomes in high-risk MDS. The panel included 36 experts from 14 countries across five continents. The core group met virtually throughout 2022 to develop revised criteria based on a coordinated and iterative panel review process. A modified Delphi process with two rounds of online voting was used to assess the proposed recommendations for consensus. The initial draft recommendations were developed using a systemic literature review to identify the association between the overall survival and IWG response criteria from 2000 and 2006. Recommendation levels were classified according to the degree of agreement as either consensus, requiring 75 to 100 percent of the votes, or majority agreement, requiring 50 to 74 percent of the votes. None of the proposals received less than 75 percent consensus. Compared to the IWG 2006 criteria, the proposed 2023 response criteria completely abolish marrow-complete remission, 
and create several new provisional responses under the Less Than Complete Response category. These include a complete response with partial hematologic recovery, or CRH, and a complete response with limited count recovery, or CRL. Per the new guidelines, CRH requires platelet counts greater than or equal to 50 times 10 to the 9th per liter and an ANC of 0.5 times 10 to the 9th per liter or greater, in addition to meeting the CR bone marrow blast criteria. CRL, another less-than-CR response, requires patients to achieve CR blood count criteria in only one or two cell lines, designated as CR-UNI and CR-BI, respectively. Other important changes include the cutoff for complete remission to bone marrow blasts to less than 5% from the previous cutoff of less than or equal to 5%, and a change in hemoglobin levels to greater than or equal to 10 grams per deciliter from the previous cutoff of 11 grams per deciliter. A hemoglobin of 10 represents a threshold unlikely to result in symptomatic anemia or transfusion dependence. The revised criteria also propose that partial remission continues to be reported as a response category in clinical trials. And, in those studies where stable disease is reported, it should not be included as a component of the overall response rate, or ORR. To ensure the correlation of ORR with long-term outcomes, such as overall survival and event-free survival, the expert panel proposes a uniform definition of overall response rate in MDS as a composite of CR, PR, CRL, CRH, and hematologic improvement. Since the cytogenetic response correlates with improved overall survival, the panel also recommends that authors continue to report both complete and partial cytogenetic responses as defined by the 2006 IWG response criteria. Finally, the panel proposed the addition of not evaluable as a new response category for clinical trials. This category includes patients awaiting a response assessment, those suffering early death or exiting the study early, or those with technically suboptimal bone marrow samples preventing assessment. In conclusion, the consensus panel believes that the updated criteria should lead to a better correlation between patient-centered outcomes and clinical trial results in an era of multiple emerging new agents with novel mechanisms of action. In an accompanying commentary, Rafael Behar from UC San Diego Health in La Jolla, California, notes that the 2023 criteria take advantage of what we have learned since 2006 from a multitude of clinical trials and discoveries about the genetic underpinnings of MDS to create more clinically relevant and impactful response definitions for future studies. He further notes that the most important change is the introduction of complete response with partial hematologic recovery, since studies have shown that MDS patients that achieve a CRH have an overall survival that is comparable to that of patients achieving an unqualified CR. Furthermore, the 2023 criteria for CRH are aligned with those adopted by the European Leukemia Network for AML in their revised 2022 criteria which expands the eligibility of patients with oligoblastic MDS to receive AML therapy and participate in AML trials. Behar is hopeful that these latest revisions will allow for greater nuance in response assessment while avoiding the pitfalls that are not associated with longer-term clinical benefits. He also believes that these updates will expand therapeutic options for MDS patients and improve clinicians' ability to identify the most promising treatments early on. 
Next up, we'll discuss the findings from the Blood article entitled Differential Diagnosis of Bone Marrow Failure Syndromes Guided by Machine Learning by Fernanda Gutierrez-Rodriguez from the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute in Bethesda, Maryland, and colleagues. Bone marrow failure, or BMF, syndromes comprise a spectrum of rare diseases characterized by impaired hematopoiesis and cytopenias. The pathophysiology of BMF is broadly classified as acquired or inherited. Acquired BMF is caused by immune-mediated destruction of hematopoietic stem and progenitor cells in the marrow. In contrast, inherited BMF is caused by pathogenic germline variants in a range of genes critical for the maintenance, self-renewal, differentiation, and genomic stability of hematopoietic precursors. Examples include telomere biology disorders, ribosomopathies, and Fanconi anemia. Treatment decisions and the selection of transplant donors are dependent on the underlying etiology of BMF, which is why it is critical to distinguish between the inherited and acquired forms of disease. In the setting of a positive family history and the presence of congenital anomalies, inherited BMF syndromes can be easily distinguished in children. However, many bone marrow failure patients are not aware of their family history, do not present with typical physical characteristics, or present in adulthood. Furthermore, cytopenias due to various etiologies can have similar clinical presentations. Thus, genetic testing is the only certain way to diagnose inherited marrow failure syndromes, which is costly and often not feasible in low-resource areas. In contrast, acquired BMF is typically a diagnosis by exclusion, especially in those cases where patients are older or lack a family history and typical features associated with inherited syndromes. Machine learning, a branch of artificial intelligence and computer science, has increasingly been applied in healthcare in the past decade. In hematology, machine learning has improved risk stratification, the diagnosis and prognosis of lymphoid and myeloid malignancies, and mortality prediction in sickle cell disease. In the current study, the authors applied machine learning to a large historical cohort of BMF patient data to develop a model capable of predicting disease etiology and guiding treatment decisions. The study included clinical records from two independent cohorts of patients with BMF who were screened for pathogenic variants in genes associated with inherited BMFs. Patients were classified as having acquired or inherited BMF based on their genomic data. A two-step, data-driven machine learning model was developed using 25 clinical and laboratory variables available at diagnosis. The model was trained with cases from the largest cluster of the training cohort, consisting of 359 patients from the NIH, and validated in an independent cohort of 127 patients from the University of Sao Paulo. The median age was 28 and 33 years in the training and validation datasets, respectively, and age was a key variable in the developed predictive model. Datasets were unbiasedly grouped into two clusters, A and B. Cluster A was the largest and mostly consisted of patients with immune or inherited aplastic anemia, and cluster B was composed of underrepresented BMF presentations and was not included in data modeling due to smaller patient numbers which were about 20% of those in cluster A. The model developed using cluster A data was 89% accurate in predicting BMF etiology and correctly predicted inherited and likely immune BMF 
in 79% to 92% of cases, respectively. Of 25 analyzed variables, telomere length was the key variable for the accurate prediction of diagnosis. Importantly, varied techniques used to measure telomere length, including flow fish or quantitative PCR and southern blotting, did not negatively impact the performance of the model. The authors concluded that their model represents a practical guide for BMF diagnosis and highlights the importance of readily collected clinical and laboratory variables, particularly telomere length, in the initial evaluation. In an accompanying commentary, Austin Kula Sekaraj from King's College London in the United Kingdom notes that Gutierrez, Rodriguez, and collaborators should be commended for using machine learning tools to develop a model capable of differentiating the two different forms of bone marrow failure. This will allow other researchers in the BMF field to replicate and adapt this approach to their datasets. He further highlights the value of a simple but focused clinical evaluation with a good family history, routine labs, and telomere length data that can accurately identify the etiology of BMF in most patients. Kula Sekaraj notes that future iterations of the model should include other key variables like PNH clones and karyotype analysis, as well as additional indices such as fetal hemoglobin and evolving baseline parameters like acquired somatic mutations. He is optimistic that newer machine learning tools capable of predicting response and clonal evolution, including malignant transformation to myeloid neoplasms, will likely expand the role of machine learning in marrow failure syndromes. In the final part of today's podcast, we will review an article in Blood entitled Patients with Asian-type DEL can safely be transfused using RHD-positive blood by Yanlin Ji from the Institute of Clinical Blood Transfusion and the Guangzhou Blood Center in Guangzhou, China, and colleagues. RHD is the most important minor blood group antigen and the most immunogenic one. Allo-anti-D immunization in RHD-negative individuals can cause severe hemolytic transfusion reactions and hemolytic disease of the fetus and newborn. While the RHD-negative phenotype occurs in about 15% of Caucasians, it is rare in East and Southeast Asian populations, represented in less than 0.5% of individuals. However, between 9 and 33% of Asians carry a phenotype referred to as DLU8, or DEL, which types as a serologic RHD negative, but is not a true D negative. DEL individuals express a small amount of RHD antigen, which is not enough to generate agglutination in routine typing. However, anti-RHD antibody can still be eluded off their red cells and, when concentrated, can make conventional D-positive cells stick together. Among the more than 40 distinct genetic variants underlying the DEL phenotype, the RHD1227A allele is found in greater than 95% of DEL individuals from East and Southeast Asia and has been termed Asian-type DEL. This translates into almost 2 million people across China, Korea, Japan, Thailand, Burma, and their descendants around the globe, including 90,000 in the United States. Since its molecular basis was first identified in 2001, the proper transfusion management of Asian-type DEL has been debated. A study from 2006 reported that Asian-type DEL recipients may not develop allo-anti-D after exposure to D-positive red blood cells. Limited evidence supported this hypothesis, 
including two cases of pregnant women with Asian-type DEL in which allo-anti-D immunization was not detected after pregnancy with a D-positive fetus. Based on these data, the possibility of transfusing D-positive RBCs to Asian-type DEL patients was proposed more than 10 years ago. Although two male patients were transfused successfully, a systemic study investigating the safety of this approach has not been conducted to date. Thus, individuals with the Asian-type DEL phenotype continue to routinely be managed as D-negative patients. But limited supplies of D-negative blood complicate this effort and strain the resources of many countries. And treating women with childbearing potential with RHD immunoglobulin is expensive. Thus, the current study was designed to determine whether individuals with Asian-type DEL should be treated as D-positive individuals, as hypothesized for almost 20 years. The authors performed a clinical trial in which Asian-type DEL patients were transfused with D-positive RBCs and also two retrospective studies with serologic D-negative pregnant women. They also investigated the structure and epitope profile of the RHD transcript isoforms in primary erythroblasts from Asian-type DEL. More than 2,000 serologic D-negative patients were screened at 58 hospitals in Guangzhou, and 539 of these, or 26.8%, were identified as Asian-type DEL and confirmed by genotyping analysis. The single-arm, multicenter prospective clinical trial recruited a total of 168 Asian-type DEL patients, including 107 male and 61 female. ABO-matched and D-positive compatible RBC units were transfused to 54 Asian-type DEL recipients, of which 34 were male and 20 female. All recipients were free of alloantibodies before transfusion. No acute or delayed hemolytic transfusion or non-hemolytic reactions were observed during the post-transfusion hospital stay. Alloantibody detection follow-up longer than one month was completed in 42 of 54 of Asian-type DEL patients. Among these 42 patients, 54.8% received D-positive RBC units once, and 45.2% received D-positive units multiple times, with a range of 4 to 28 units per patient. Allo-anti-D was not detected in any of the 42 transfused patients over the median follow-up of 226 days. The effectiveness of D-positive RBC transfusion was evident in 36 of 42 patients, based on changes in hemoglobin values or improvements in anemia symptoms. The authors also conducted a large sample size retrospective study of more than 4,000 pregnant women with a serologic D-negative phenotype from more than 400 medical centers in China. 25% had Asian-type DEL. Overall, 2.63% of allo-anti-D cases were identified in the true D-negative individuals but none were found in the Asian-type DEL individuals. The authors also retrospectively examined 127 serologic D-negative pregnant women who had developed allo-anti-D and found none with Asian-type DEL. Finally, the investigators examined antigen epitopes expressed by various RHD transcripts in vitro. While there was a low abundance of full-length RHD transcripts expressing RHD antigens, these carried an entire repertoire of epitopes, which mechanistically likely explains the immune tolerance against D-positive RBCs.
the authors conclude that multiple lines of evidence indicate that Asian-type DEL patients may be safely managed as common D-positive recipients, including receiving D-positive blood. In an accompanying commentary, John Hess from the University of Washington School of Medicine in Seattle notes that, quote, Xi and colleagues have set a new standard for allelic safety analysis, end quote. The evidence was collected from direct clinical challenge, epidemiologic studies, and genomic and transcriptomic analyses, and has potential implications for millions of people. Their findings, in conjunction with previous work, showing that all of the common epitopes of the D-protein can be eluded from the DEL variant, suggest that Asian-type DEL individuals express small amounts of the wild-type protein that protect them from alloimmunization. Hess notes that transfusing all these individuals with RHD-negative blood strains the already limited supply of RHD-negative blood in Asian countries. The management of Asian-type DEL donors and their RBC donations is another important topic. Asian-type DEL RBCs can cause RHD alloimmunization in true D-negative recipients, although the exact incidence is unknown. In order to identify these donors, PCR testing for the single nucleotide polymorphism of Asian-type DEL could be used as an add-on to current molecular infectious disease testing. However, the utility of this approach, compared to other methods of managing residual risk for RHD alloimmunization, needs a formal risk assessment. Hess concludes that the complexity of ensuring the safety of the blood supply continues to increase. For a list of additional authors, as well as more detailed articles and commentaries on which this podcast is based, please go to bloodjournal.org. Be sure to join us next week for another episode of Blood Podcast. Thank you for listening.